It's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Monday, the 28th of September, 2023. Later, we'll speak with Alex Pakoulis from Harper's Bernays on the day on the markets, including um, some new challenges at Qantas. But first, it will be a huge week for dividends. This week, $22 billion worth will be paid out, meaning that between August and October, $32 billion in dividends will be paid, but that is down 24% on a year ago. Why and where to now for dividends? I spoke with Craig James from Comsec. Craig, how important are dividends at the moment, especially as the cost of living rises? Well, certainly it is valuable dollars, as you say, given the cost of living, everything going up. Now, some people may elect to to spend the dollars that they're getting in. Others will reinvest it in in the companies that pay them the dividend. Others may say, no, no, I'm going to switch my allegiances now and put the dollars to work in in another company. But it it does enable people to have a degree of choice. And it may provide you a bit of a uh, offset against the volatility that we're seeing in terms of the market as well. A bit of a cushion, yes, if you like. So this is the biggest week in terms of dividend payments. Just how big and who is to pay? Well, we've got something like $21.7 billion going to be paid out this week. And the key date is Thursday when you sort of the very significant number of companies release their, their dividends or pay their dividends out. BHP, $6.3 billion. Commonwealth Bank, $4 billion. Fortescue, $3.1 billion. Then Telstra, just a bit under $1 billion. And then Woodside up in the order of $2.4 billion. So the Thursday, we'll probably call that Super Thursday, something like $17 billion of dividends will be paid out. So all up, how much money has and will be paid this season? And how does it compare with previous seasons and why? What we tend to focus on is the ASX 200 companies. They're the ones that have just gone through the earnings season, come out the other side. And what we've estimated is between August and October, something like $32 billion is going to be paid out. Now, if we go back a little bit further into July and get some of the major banks with their half yearly results, it's $43.6 billion. Now, significant sums of money, but they are lower than what they were around about 12 months ago, around about 24% if you look at the ASX 200 companies. Have there been any dividend trends? Well, I suppose what we're seeing in the current environment, every second company is referring to the challenging conditions which are in the marketplace. Uh, so what we are seeing is a lot of companies looking very, very carefully about whether they need to reinvest back in their own business in terms of their capital equipment, uh, whether it is a case that they th- consider that perhaps mergers and acquisitions should be on, on the timetable. Time um, then others are paying out dividends and others are looking at buybacks. So I think we are seeing a variety. If you look at the dividend payout ratio, Bloomberg has estimated that it's around about 62%. Now that's decade lows and it's down from around about the 72% figure that was existing be- before COVID. So I guess the key thing investors want to know is what's the future of dividends looking like? Why? What, what should investors expect? 
Well, I think it, the challenging conditions are prevailing. We do know that, you know, sort of that um, interest rates are at higher levels and that um, businesses are very much focused on keeping their costs under control in their current environment. So there's going to be a lot of hard thought about, you know, so the dividends being paid out you know, so going forward. There may be another number of companies who reassess their strategy, whether they look at buybacks, whether they look at capital expenditure and the like. What we do know that over the, the last 12 months, we've seen the, the financial companies are in better shape to, to pay our dividends. So Commonwealth Bank dividends up 14% on a year ago, Bendigo up 21%, Suncorp up 59%, and QBE up 56%. We have seen lower dividends from other likes of BHP, from Rio and, and Fortescue, because the iron ore price has come down over time. Uh, coal prices, uh, base metal prices, you know, some more generally as well. We've seen just some differences in terms of Woolworths. They've increased their dividend compared with 12 months ago, where coals basically held, you know, sort of dividends, you know, sort of relatively steady. So I think it is a case that um, investors have got to be looking very, very closely at what the companies are saying now and then the uh, updates that will be you know, sort of produced over the next couple of months. So with all of that in consideration, how attractive is the Australian share market at the moment compared with other asset classes? Well, if you looked up, look at grossed up dividends, they're returning something like 5.7% at the, the moment. In, without the grossing up, you're still looking at 4.5%. So certainly, yes, it is very much in line, probably slightly above the, the longer term averages. Now, compare that with the, the cash rate sitting at 4.1% and then compare that with term deposits or at call deposit of the banks, which are sitting around about 5%. So certainly you know, sort of the uh, dividends that are being paid out are still somewhat attractive. They may have been a little bit, a whole lot better, you know, sort of 12 or 24 months ago, but they still remain quite attractive. Craig James there from Comsec. Now, Market Day on the SBS On The Money podcast. The Australian share market opened in the red and stayed there for most of the day, but saw a very last minute rally because it closed at 7,076, a rise of 0.1%. That's thanks to a rise in tech stocks, but materials fell. For more, I spoke with Alex Bakoulis. He is the Chief Investment Officer at Harper Bernays. The monthly CPI indicator will be a key event this week. That's out uh, on Wednesday. We know that oil prices have bounced pretty hard in recent times and in some places around the world like the US inflation has stopped falling as a result so what's the market will uh, is expecting will happen here and what are the likely implications so the market's expecting that inflation print is going to be up in Australia um, the the median and the average are both 5.2 percent the last reading for inflation uh, for July was 4.9 it's the August reading that's coming up um, you've seen increases already coming through in some other countries. Canada um, printed an increase actually over the last two prints. So it's not unexpected within global markets. And remember that the labour market in Australia remains incredibly tight with an unemployment rate of 3.6%. So the RBA have said, you know, that, that, that they're still watching the data and they've really remained or kept themselves optionality in terms of the um, the narrative there with the ability to increase rates again if they see that's needed given where inflation's heading. I think they will um, look through just oil-driven increases a little bit, but it's really about those underlying prices and the underlying tightness 
of the labour market? I know uh, we've spoken a lot about Qantas uh, recently, but it did talk about energy prices today in a market update saying that its fuel bill has risen 30% since May, including a 10% surge uh, in August alone, and that it warned that if it continues along with the weaker Australian dollar, it'll hit airfares. Uh, shares in the company are near at a near 12-month low. So what's your take on what's hitting the company, the pressures facing Qantas, including these types of external factors? Ricardo, look, I think there's significant pressure on Qantas at the moment, and I think what we can read from there at the moment in action around um, increasing oil prices is that is a response to this, the significant pressure that is on the company. So the, the fuel bill is looking like it will increase by $200 million just for the first half, and yet they've held off so far on announcing increases um, to ticket prices. And I think that's because of the brand pressure that they're under at the moment, the in, um, increasing political pressure that the company is under. Um, so they're the two big influences that I think you've got to watch for this company that are changing the, the, their decision-making process, you know, for the better, for, for, for consumers. Um, but clearly oil prices, and I think demand is one that it, uh, is also looking like it might become a pressure for the company as the increase in interest rates looks to curb um, demand from consumers. So there's a lot of pressure coming on that company at the moment. Uh, externally, we're seeing issues with the oil price. Uh, what about China? The Council of Financial Regulators today said that it's keeping a close eye on the slowdown in the nation. And if a, a sharp slowdown were to happen, trade with Australia would be hit along with risk aversion in global markets. But hasn't there been a bit of economic support of late, which actually prompted a bit of a rise in the Australian share market? So what, what's your take on China? Yeah, so Ricardo, I mean, China are our biggest trading partner, so it's one to watch very, very closely in terms of Australia's fortunes. China, you know, kind of bailed Australia out over the last two decades uh, or more, which is why we managed to avoid a technical recession for such a long period of time. That was all related to China bailing us out. Um, so it's a very important indicator to watch for our economy. Um, China have made some moves to strengthen or, their, or, or buoy their economy a little bit. Um, lower mortgage rates, tax cuts in some areas. What they've held back from, though, is the big bang stimulus measures driving um, fixed asset investment across that economy. And the reason is that the government there and policymakers are trying to balance a, a transition in that economy, economy towards more of a consumption-led economy, and they don't want to just dive straight back in driving fixed asset investment. So there's a real balance happening there, and that's why they've held back from those big bang measures um, and, you know, the weakness in the property market and declining exports are really something to watch uh, for China in terms of Australia's outlook um, for resources sales. So we are certainly on the cautious side uh, of that. We think the government is going to continue to hold back from those big bang stim stimulus measures. And finally, where do you see the opportunities for investors? Ricardo, the biggest opportunity that we see in the market for investors at the moment is for investors to de-risk portfolios and go into income-based uh, investments. With, with the rise in interest rates that we've seen and credit spreads widening a bit, things like investment grade credit spread spreads and some very defensive private debt investments are earning income of 7 8 or even 9% in some instances. So they're, they're at the areas that I'd be looking um, to increase risk-adjusted returns in portfolios at the moment.
Alex McCoolis there from Harper Bernays. This SBS on the Money stream is provided for informational purposes only. The content in this stream should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and it does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.